0: Beautiful, beautiful day. I um, so you're joining us uh, at home. Take a peek outside, especially if you're in L.A. It is a wonderful, wonderful day today. But uh, we're glad that you guys are here, uh, worshiping with us and, and coming to service with us at CIV. If you guys are still grabbing a seat, you guys can grab your, uh, if you're in person, get your physical copies of your lyric sheets over there at the guest resource table. Um, and those will... Those are just your lyric sheets. And if you want to be more techie and have it on your phone, you can find it on your phone online at, here we go, civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday. Um, again, it's civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday. You guys can find the lyrics as well as the speaker notes for today's sermon there as well. Um, but as we file in, um, if you're in person, you can uh, look at some of the portos and the baked goods we have to celebrate Easter. Um, but as we are filing in, I encourage you guys to uh, wipe off your hands, pick up your lyric sheets, and, uh, and join us as we, as we sing of the resurrection of our king um, and just how he has defeated death and defeated sin uh, by his death and, and his coming back to life. So would you stand with us and join us as we sing of this? Mm-hmm.
1: dead in my sin Lost without hope with no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested my life begins Ash was redeemed only beauty heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet. My feet arose dead. When death was arrested, my life began. Oh, Your grace so free washes over.
2: 在
3: My name is Mark Klebsig, and I serve on the board of the church here and really want to welcome you to to Church in the Valley Alhambra and for celebrating Easter with us. Uh, What a glorious day it is, um, just by its very nature, and then God blessed us with great sunshine. Uh, So whether you're joining us uh, via Zoom or watching the recording later, or you're here in the courtyard with us, we really want to welcome you here today. Thank you for joining us. And if you are a guest, um, we really... Are glad that you're taking the time out of your day to, to be with us and celebrate together. Um, we really we want to welcome you and thank you for coming. We have a gift for you. It's called the Case for Easter, and you can pick that up on our resource table over here to my left uh, on your way out. So, as you walked in, you probably were handed a packet with the listening guide and sermon notes, a connection card, and the song lyrics. If not, you can pick that up at the resource table. Um, or you can find those things online, as Victor said, at civalhambra.com/sunday. Um, there's also kids worksheets and a coloring book for Easter, and crayons and offering envelopes on the resource table. So we will not be passing the offering bucket around, as has been our habit during COVID, of course. Um, but you can give online or use that that um, offering envelope. So it is Easter. Uh, we want to welcome you. And for the kids, uh, be sure to ga- grab a goodie bag. Uh, those are on the last table with the white tablecloth next to the portos and other refreshments that we have for you this morning. So please be sure to partake of those. Uh, I personally shouldn't be taking home any portos after this, so uh, probably you should more than me. Um, and don't forget, we do have a photo booth. So every Easter we like to do that. and have those pictures to commemorate year by year. So in the next brick building behind me to my right, uh, we've set up a backdrop and we'll be taking pictures. Uh, we'll take down your email and send that out to you sometime during the week. So take advantage of that. Okay, as I mentioned, um, you should have a, a connection card or uh, you can find that online if you would use that to let us know something, um, how we can prepare for the summer, that would be really helpful. We like to do things, uh, our church calendar revolves around uh, our community groups during the year, and then in the summer, we take a break from community groups and do something different. This year, we'd like to take the time uh, to really invest and give some training, uh, some teaching, and so if you have something that's, really eating your lunch or something you're curious about, a next phase of life, a topic that you'd like to grow in, let us know on that connection card. Uh, We'll be doing some sermon uh, series or um, maybe panel interviews, some mentoring, uh, seminars, workshops. Um, And so if you could write down those suggestions of what would be interest to you, obviously we're not going to get to all of them, but we're looking at what would really be a felt need and how we can help you. Um, So put that on the connection card and that will help us prepare. Uh, In a couple weeks, I want to let you know about a Discovering CIV membership class. So we had talked about uh, membership and engagement a couple weeks uh, back in March. And we have a class coming up on the 28th. It's for people that are interested in becoming members or finding out more about that. So a time for you just to ask any questions you have and to understand the specifics of what we're trying to accomplish as a church and how you can be a part of that. Um, So sign up again on your connection card. That will be April um, 18th from 1130 to 2 p.m. And it's important to let us know because we'll be having uh, lunch provided as well as childcare so so we can prepare appropriately. Let us know if you're interested and Then finally we have a parent-child dedication overview. So we have a ceremony on Mother's Day um, which is going to be May um, 9th this year. And so uh, a week after um, the, the overview class, we have a, a overview for the parent-child dedication on the 25th. So tentatively, that's also at 1130 here at the Ahambra. Um, if you'd like to dedicate your child to really commit to parenting them in the way that the Bible instructs, and asking for help and getting help from the church and and doing so within a community, Um, we encourage you to go to that overview if you haven't been through that overview before. Um, And again, sign up on your connection card, and we'll we'll know that you're coming, and we'll prepare for that. So once again, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, We're going to have one more song of worship before our speaker, Rick Durst, comes up and provides the message.
0: Thanks, Mark. Would you guys uh, stand and uh, continue to join us as we sing about resurrection?
1: to declare your victory the resurrected king is resurrecting me by your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat the resurrected king is resurrected in your name I come alive to declare Yes.
0: Our message.
4: I was waiting to see what you were going to do. I want to thank Victor and the worship team and the sound guys uh, and the video guys. Uh, for all the preparation they have done. Isn't it great to come to church and all this preparation for you? And I just got introduced to Porto Pastries, and I have accepted them into my life and my diet. Uh, So while you're praying at the end of the service, I'm gonna go over there and be first in line. So I hope there's something left. Anyway, happy Easter to you. Uh, I'm Rick, the uh, Sometime Interim Pastor And it's my privilege to uh, give an Easter message. Uh, I do want to say something about the Mother's Day message, though. Uh, Yesterday, I was uh, doing my Bible reading, and I realized there are three stories, short stories, about Jesus and mothers. So uh, that's the title of the message on Mother's Day, Jesus and mothers. So I hope you'll come back for that. And uh, uh, bring your mothers. Mothers? Bring your kids, your parents, your grandkids, and uh, we'll have a great worship time. But now it's it's Easter. Christ is risen from the dead. He's risen indeed. And what I hope that brings, uh, once you lean into it and buy into it, um, I like just about any sentence that has the word road in it. I like road movies. I like road trips. Um, I like road stories. And in Psalm 130, there's a wonderful road story. So if you've got uh, access online or in person uh, to Psalm 130, or you have the sermon notes, I've actually, it's just a short Psalm, uh, eight uh, sentences, verses, if you will. Uh, So you've got that printed out on your guide right there. Um, And if you notice, it says, A song of ascents. A-S-C-E-N-T-S. If you've ever been to Jerusalem, you know that it's on top of a hill, and the temple's on top of that hill, on top of the hill. And so you got to go up to go to church. you got to go up to go to temple. And, um, you know, if you're going to be a forensic kind of person, you need to pay attention to everything. And a forensic reader of the Bible pay attention to everything. There are about 15 songs of ascent, songs of going up to temple. That's how important it was uh, to God that his people would know to come to him no matter their situation. Um, Don't just come when you feel good. Come when you feel bad. Whatever you do, come. So notice all the other songs. All of them have an S, songs of ascents with an S, meaning that don't make Easter your one time to ascent here. Put a plural on that. Keep coming back. Um, You know, life is like a roller coaster. There are ups and there are downs. And that's how this psalm rolls. Ups and downs. Uh, Like the seesaw. You know, you want to have somebody on the other side because When you're down, it's only with them that you can get back up. And having a community like that is like seesaw insurance. Uh, Making friends with people who will care about you and pray for you through thick and thin ups and downs, who will celebrate with you during the good times and show up, show up during the bad times. And I don't know what your life is like. Um, But I do know how important it is to have Show up people and a show up God. And that's what this, this psalm is really about. So I guess I would call it a roller coaster psalm or a holy roller coaster psalm, um, a song of ascents and how to have courage uh, during the downtime. Um, and so it starts out Out of the depths I call to you. And then the word in the original is God's personal name. Do you remember Moses? got a calling because he turned aside to go see this burning bush, and it was a talking bush. It was a bush on fire that the fire never went out, and it called him. It was God speaking. Well, well who am I supposed to say, send me, Moses says. Huh? I am who I am, in the, in the Hebrew, it's Yahweh, the Lord. Um, and that's, that's personal here. And this whole psalm is about the possibility and the necessity of having a personal relationship With the living God. God wants relationship. He's a God of relationship. Father, Son, and Spirit like we just sang about. Um, So out of the depths, I call to you, Yahweh. Lord, listen to my voice. Now it's very interesting that in this psalm, part of it is about God getting God to listen to you. And part of it's about God getting you to listen to him. And it's both ways. It's that seesaw thing. Um, Let your ears be attentive to my cry for help. It's really important in life to have somebody who's going to hear when you need help, and you're going to need help. You've already needed help. That when you cry, they're going to come, they're going to show up. Um, You got somebody like that? Doesn't matter what time it is. If you call, they're coming. Uh, they're coming. They'll just drop what they have. I remember one time my son uh, lost his job. He called me. I was at work, and I just showed up. I didn't have any answers, but I was there, and I think that really meant a lot to him. Be that kind of person. Be the show-up person, and God wants to be that show-up person in your life as well. Um, so, Get that person, and again, I want to say this. You've done the right thing today, whether it's online or in person. You came to church. Um, You've done an incredible thing to make your life better and meaningful. We're meaning makers. We can't live without meaning. And you're here. Maybe you're not, maybe this is your first time with a gathered group of Christians. Welcome. Glad you're here. Um, That doesn't matter. Just put it in your life. When they have church, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be here. Um, And uh, sit at the back if you need to. You know, I I remember as a newer Christian, uh, I'd had a bad week. Not because the week was bad. I had a bad me, so I had a bad week. And I never had gone to church having felt like that about myself, my moral life. And I didn't know if I was supposed to go. I didn't know if I should go in. And I finally decided in this particular church, they had a big balcony, and if you sat under the balcony, it was extra dark. So I just sat under the balcony. And all my friends were way up at the front. I don't even know they knew I was there. But God knew I was there. And I needed to talk to Him, and honestly, He needed to talk to me. If that's you today, welcome. Glad you're here. Um, the next verse says, um, Lord, if you marked sins, Lord, who could stand? It's a rhetorical question. Lord, if you if you mark sins, well mark them where? Uh, the, the scripture does say at the end of time the, the books will be open, so marking in those books could be. Do you remember the story, The Scarlet Letter? Um in that story, it came out in 1850. It was really the first mass printed for sale book. And It made Nathaniel Hawthorne's name. And the theme of that is um, people that feel shame on the outside because the community is stigmatizing them. And in this particular case, a woman named Hester uh, has gotten pregnant outside of marriage, and so they make her wear a scarlet A, really wonderfully embroidered with a rose, A scarlet A, and then they make her, when they put it on her, they make her stand in front of everybody for about three hours in the town to really shame her. Do you ever feel like somebody trying to do that to you? There's something in our culture right now that loves, I won't say loves, is highly energized to put people into purgatory. Now, I liked Kramer, but he got put into purgatory. You know, and he has a, the culture has a letter on him. I don't know if it's R or B, a bigot or a racist, but he really messed up. And nobody wants to let him out of purgatory. They want to keep punishing him. And you can think about people that you know, men and women, that fell from grace. You know, you can probably see their YouTube when they got their letter. And that's the problem with you know social network is once it's up there it's up there forever somebody's got it somewhere sometime they keep that letter on and Hester had to wear that letter for decades shamed she was so ashamed she didn't she didn't even go to church she couldn't go to church Um, in this in this book the Scarlet Letter but she never ratted out the guy she never told who he was and so the theme of the, of the, of the book is um, she has shame on the outside with this red letter, but the guy, his name was Dimsdale, And I have to tell you, it's a spoiler alert, you know, he's the pastor. And he is, so to speak, uh, I don't know if he had a C for coward, if he had an you know, H for hypocrite or whatever, but he had a letter in his chest. And it, that kind of stress takes you down and his health gets destroyed because he hid the letter inside. And so um, what Hawthorne is saying is that some people carry, you know, are forced to carry shame on the outside. Others are carrying it on the inside. Um, and I wonder if that's what the scripture, I, you know, I wonder, if I, you know, maybe I should, should research this and find it out you think Hawthorne is a Bible reader, and he knew this verse, if the Lord marked, maybe that's what he's thinking about, that mark of that letter. Now, you may feel the same way. Maybe you put the letter on yourself, or others have put the letter on yourself, or you've got that letter inside, and so you're carrying that around. Um, this psalm's for you, then. Um, and practical question, Lord, if you mark sins... Lord, who could stand? In, in the original language, it's obvious the answer is supposed to be right. Nobody could stand. No one could stand. When the books are open, no one can stand. Now, if we had Rabbi Saul, or better known as the Apostle Paul, if we had him here, we could ask him to tell us what this means. And he would always tell us in the name of Jesus what it means, what Jesus does for us. He would probably, you could find it in Romans 3.23, uh, it is given among human beings once to die, and then comes the judgment. The books are open, but if you read a couple of chapters later in Romans six twenty three, it says the wages of sin is death. Now this Hebrew, I mean, the, the New Testament has a number of meanings for death. One of the meanings of death is separation from the physical body, but another is separation from God, and that's the kind of death this is talking about. It's given unto men once to die, and then comes the judgment. But then in 623 it says but the free gift of God now how many of you like free gifts yeah okay Uh, how many of you hate free gifts (laughs) honestly I hate free gifts because they're never free you know they're never free Um, the only free gift I really like is this free gift it's talking about here but otherwise you know people come on and give me a free gift I start backing away I just don't want unnecessary obligations. I got enough obligations as it is. And uh, now, if you were planning to give me something free today, I could rethink that right now. Okay, I just want you to know that, all right? Depending on what it is. But um, the free gift of God is eternal life a life from which, with the Lord, that you cannot be separated from, won't let you go in union with Christ Jesus. That's the gift. You know, the church is giving out free gifts all over the booths over there. But the real free gift is the gift of God, of new life, eternal life in Christ. In other words, by God's grace, the letter of shame can be removed forever. I love that. Um, The next verse. But with you, there is forgiveness. Forgiveness. And then this strange thing, so that you may be revered. What is forgiveness and reverence for the Lord? How does that work? Um, With you is forgiveness so that you may be revered. Um, I think in the story, Hester has a sense of forgiveness. And as she continues to care for the poor and to help the sick, Instead of going to church, she just does those things. Uh, She also becomes an incredible seamstress. And people forgot that the A was for adultery. Because she was married. Her husband had deserted her. Uh, He comes back into the story. You can read that for yourself. Uh, I won't do a spoiler on that one. But they quit thinking of the A for adulteress. And they began to think of her A, and so did Hester, as Abel. And I'm going to tell you something about Jesus you may not get anywhere else. The Lord has such grace, such power, that he is able to turn your shames into strength. Shames can be turned into strength. That's that's what he does with his hands. That's what he does with his life. Um, But with you is forgiveness. And there's a kind of reverence that comes for God. A, a steadfast reverence, a, a, you know, a, an ability to wonder and rejoice and to be touched by the music and the songs that comes because I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven. And there's a reverence that follows that by the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and in mine. Uh, so to speak, he changes our scarlet letters into red badges of courage. You can read that book too. It's also very good. So I know that's cheesy, but I wanted to say it. Um, there is uh, uh, there's a very famous business writer, consultant. His name is Ken Blanchard. Some of you may own a copy of his book, The One Minute Manager. It sold many millions of dollars. He and his wife founded a company in 1979. And somewhere between then and now, um, he came to a church like CIV. And I think he even heard that verse, uh, 323. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, it so happened when he heard that verse and felt that tug in his heart towards committing to Christ and turning from living for himself to living for the Lord, letting the Lord, so to speak, become his one-minute manager. Um, He had a question because it so happened that uh, a serial killer had just been caught and was being brought to trial. And he said, well, wait a minute. All have sinned and come short. Now, clearly, that guy is really, 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 really short. But what about me? I'm not as short as he is. How, how does that work out? All have sinned and come short. And thankfully, he went to a pastor who, uh, this was in Arizona, he came to the pastor and... Uh, um, it so happened that I think Ken Blanchard and his wife had just visited uh, Grand Canyon, and so they were thinking about that, and this was back in the season of Evil Knievel, you know, that motorcycle guy who's always jumping and breaking all his bones, um, and he was, he was going to try to attempt to jump the Grand Canyon. I think that hopefully the national park system just said no, but anyway, um, the pastor said, you know what, Ken, it is true. You're not like that guy. Um, I know many people have deep respect for you. Uh, But let's just suppose, just suppose, that the way to get to heaven is through your moral energy, you know, your moral authority. And the way you demonstrate that is by running to the edge of the Grand Canyon and leaping. And the more moral thrust you have, the further you get across the Grand Canyon. And, uh, you know, this guy you've been talking about, this serial killer, let's suppose he runs up to it and he does clear th- this side and just goes straight down. He didn't get anywhere. But let's suppose this lineup to jump across the Grand Canyon, you look ahead of who's in the head of you and, and maybe uh, at this time, Billy Graham was still alive and Mother Teresa was still alive and you see them ahead of you. And, uh, you know, Mother Teresa sort of pulls up her her, her blue robe and runs and makes a dash, and my goodness, but she doesn't quite make it either, a little bit short, and if you read her, some of her journal articles, you can see where she acknowledged that shortness, and Billy Graham's there, now he's like 6'3", so he's got some, you know, thrust, and he goes running, and he leaps, and it looks like he's going to make it, but it's like some of you golfers, you think you're finally going to get on the green, and it goes in the water. Um, the point, Ken, is that everybody falls short. And the point, Ken, is that whatever you are short, Jesus makes up the difference. And Ken said, I get it. And at that moment, he gave his life to Christ. Um, and, you know, if you go onto the website for uh, the Ken Blanchard, I forget what the next word is. But it lists one of his titles is he is the chief spiritual officer of his company because he's embraced Christ and now his consultation is inflamed, informed uh, by that. Uh, How about you? Are you willing to acknowledge that you have moral shortness? You have a need for Christ. Um, And he is definitely made up the difference. Um, now, uh, I raised three preacher's kids. <laughs> My kids are all PKs. And um, so they've heard me speak a lot, preach a lot. And I heard a story about a preacher's kid who one time asked her dad, um, Dad, I heard you tell a story today. Um, it was really an exciting story. Uh, was, uh, were you telling the truth or were you just preaching? Because you know, part of good preaching is exaggerating, right? Exaggerating, stretching it. And um, so as I look at this, look at the very bottom of the text. It says, um, verse 7, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for there is faithful love with the Lord. And with him is redemption in abundance. Redemption in abundance. And he will redeem Israel from all its sins. Now, do you think this is over-promising? You know, is the psalmist just preaching here, or is the psalmist telling the truth? And if there is a redemption, then there has to be a redeemer, Um, and who's that Redeemer? Verse 8, he will redeem Israel from all its sins. Anybody hearing this psalm, singing this psalm as they're going up to worship at the temple, who is this? He will redeem. Well, that's why we're here. We can now identify who the Redeemer is that God had in mind. It's Jesus of Nazareth. Um, When? Easter, 33-ish A.D. How do we know this? Because he's not in the grave anymore. Uh, That book you can go pick up. I hope you run over there before you go get your porto donut um, and get a copy. I don't know how you guys do it in Zoom, but let us know you want one. We'll make sure you get, not the donut, but I mean the book. Um, But um, I read a story this week. This man said, you know what? Whenever I meet somebody who's risen from the dead, I tend to believe what they say. Jesus is risen from the dead. Um, he did die. He died on the cross. He was, you know, publicly crucified. He didn't, wasn't rushed to intensive care. He was put in a grave, left there uh, for parts of three days. And on the third day, the tomb was empty. We have witnesses to that. He appeared. He appeared first to Mary. Uh, He appeared to the apostles. He appeared to 500 at one time. Uh, And the scripture says, if you come to a place where you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will find your lips moving and confessing, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Now, I'm going to say, We live in America, and we're all about volunteerism and and choice and all that stuff. But honestly, this thing happens because God is working in your life. You don't do it just because you choose to do it. You do it because God is choosing you to do it. You sense that he is alive. He speaks. He wants relationship. Um, So here are three elements to that. Um, Verse 5. I wait for Yahweh. I wait for the Lord. I wait and put my hope in his word. In his word. Be a person of the word. Know his principles and his precepts. He makes promises and he keeps every promise he's ever made. Know those promises. We have a song, Standing on the Promises. What are you standing on? Are you standing on his word? You can count on it. So put your life in park and wait on him. Wait for that word to come to you. You're here today, sort of waiting. May you hear his voice. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. More than the watchman for the morning, he says. So you and I need to put our hope in his person. You're not waiting for a thing. You're waiting for a person to show up. I'm working through a book slowly, thankfully. It's called The Sacred Slow. Anybody seen that book? The Sacred Slow. You can't speed read it. The sacred slow. And I think it's better for me to slow my dive down a little bit. You know, smell the roses, see the people, talk. Hear for the Lord's voice. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for there is a faithful love with the Lord, and with him is redemption in abundance. And he will redeem Israel from all its sins. All its sins. So I need to put my hope in a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus and his abundant redemption, his abundant redemption. Now, there are, are three different words in the, origi- in the Old Testament language, Hebrew, um, that have to do with redemption. Uh, one is goel, and th- that word is uh, it's having a kinsman redeemer, a rich uncle, if you will. If you foul up financially, that rich uncle shows up. And the, and the scripture talks about this. It talks about he who is rich, Jesus, gave up his wealth so that we who are poor might have it. So we have that in Christ. There's another word that has to do with the price that's paid for the redemption. The price that's paid for the redemption. Um, any of you run around Manhattan before, was visited. It's it's an amazing place to go to. And um, there's a name there that appears on a number of things. Rockefeller, John D. Rockefeller. Uh, Rockefeller, in his day, had the equivalent of, he was a billionaire. He almost, he almost had a monopoly of oil on planet Earth. Can you imagine that? Oil, you know, I'd like to just have a monopoly on olive oil. He had, you know, petroleum, and um, he he was a believer in Christ. He was so focused on this monopoly, though, he lost. He was losing his health, and and I don't know who said it, his pastor or his doctor, but somebody said to him, "You got to learn to stop getting and start." Giving. He was 50 years old, had no hair on his head, not even an eyebrow. He could only drink water, milk, and crackers. That's all he could take in. His, his insides were so shot. I think he probably had a um, you know a letter in his soul. And so he changed. He went to the Lord, he got forgiveness, redemption. And that letter was removed, and he became a G for giver. He was forgiven, became a giver. And so if you go to Riverside Drive Church, which is you know eastern Manhattan towards the top, go in there. It's called America's Cathedral. And if you look around a little bit, you'll find his name and some others on the wall. By the way, he was a part of a small group. So I hope you're in a small group. Make some friends. Maybe there's some other Rockefellers running around. But... He gave $100 million to endow that church. University of Chicago, anybody at a University of Chicago graduate or wannabe? You're applying there? He endowed that school. You find places like that. Just He put his wealth to good work. But he does not touch the wealth of Jesus and Jesus gave his whole wealth, his, his whole self for our forgiveness. That forgiveness, it, it, it's bottomless, it's topless, it's breadth, you know, like the cross. Um, and I don't care who you are or what happens to you, but I want you to know that resource, Christ, is available to you for forgiveness. When God sent his son to die on the cross that death was an infinite death. Absolutely unique. It was a singularity for us. And his mercy you cannot get to the bottom of. It. If you cry out for it just like this psalm says you will find it in Christ. In Jesus. I have. Many others here have. How about you? I want to welcome you into that this Easter Sunday. Um, There's a song by Stephen Crowder. I just love this. Uh, Victor, can I request it? Um, The line is something like, um, I was buried under shame and Jesus cried out my name and I came out of it. And that's the sense that this psalm has. That if you're buried under trouble, buried under anxiety, buried, listen for his voice because he calls you out out of the grave. He rolls back the stone and he will call you out. Let's pray together. Lord, happy Easter. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you put a song in our hearts and it's a song of ascent and it's not it's not one time use consumable. It's durable. It's portable. It's consistent. It's It's constant. Your love for us, the redemption in Christ. Lord, um, we're going to hunt around for Easter eggs, but Lord, I pray this day that there are some people here who are lost Easter eggs. May you find them and open them to yourself. May they cry out to you like this, this psalmist did, asking for forgiveness and finding it so that when they leave this place, they will know without a doubt that Jesus lives and that they are forgiven. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you, Rick. I would encourage you guys, we're going to um, keep on worshiping and keep on playing some music, but... Before we jump into the song, um, I would encourage you to really take that invitation into account. If the resurrection is real, and if you have questions about that, don't let your questions become excuses. Figure it out, because this is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Um, Talk to your neighbors, talk to people around you, talk to people um, running around here at church um, on staff, and figure this out. Um, But as Rick says, if God is calling on your heart and pulling on your heart, to know him, I think you deserve to uh, to figure out if that's, that's real or not. Um, so we're going to take some time and uh, think about the message, think about that uh, resurrection and that hope and joy that we have.
2: Body on the cross, his blood pour out for us. The way and have complete freedom in you and know that we can one day see you face-to-face. So God, I thank you so much. Thank you for Porto's. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.